Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Mysterious Traveler. Written, produced, and directed by Robert A. Arthur and David Kilkin. And presenting tonight two of radio's foremost personalities, Frank Behrens and Roger DeCobin, in Death at 50 Fathom. This is the mysterious traveler inviting you to join me on another journey into the realm of the strange and the terrifying. I hope you will enjoy the trip, that it will thrill you a little and chill you a little. So settle back, get a good grip on your nerves, and be comfortable if you can. For tonight, we're going to venture into the dangerous depths of the Atlantic with a group of desperate men caught in a strange dilemma. It's a story I call Death at 50 Fathoms. I suppose you've been reading the newspapers these last few weeks. You saw those headlines. Mystery sub sighted off Pacific Coast and traitor vanishes as mystery sub is sighted and all the others. Well, Joe Briggs read them too as well as heard the story one evening when he dropped into the corner bar near the radio repair shop he owned. Total damage caused by the fire was close to a million dollars. Hi, Joe. Will it be? Um, give me a glass of rock beer. Okay, one clock coming up. Hey, what's that news commentator saying about a mystery sub? Let me listen to that. Official comment has come from the Navy Department. Accept the statement we are investigating. One rumor insists that the appearance of the mystery sub is connected with former German dictator Adolf Hitler. According to unidentified sources, hmm. Hitler is hiding somewhere in South America and being supplied by submarines. However, official circles regard this story as being fantastic. This summary of the last-minute news has been brought to you by... Du- <laughs> mystery submarines, Hitler hiding in South America. What do they think of next? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's screwy, all right. But I could tell you a story that's even screwier. I know what happened to Hitler and where he is now. Yeah? Yeah. I thought the Russians found his body when they captured Berlin. Well, maybe they found a body, but it wasn't his. Whose was it? A double. Hitler did try to get away by submarine, see? And... (laughs) No, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. Try me and see. Okay. Uh, only, uh, I never told it before, you see. Uh, not even to my buddies when I was in the Navy. Why should I be called nuts and sent up for observation? So, uh, don't believe me. Just call it, um, a story. And you can stand me a beer when I've finished, eh? All right, Joe. It's just a story. Check. Well, it began the night after the war in Europe ended. I was in the Navy then. I was a radio operator on board the destroyer Spindrift. It was late at night, and I was half asleep in the radio room, the receiver over my ears, when I heard it. A voice that seemed to come whispering out of no place. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Can anybody hear me? Please. If you can hear me. Voice faded out again. It was a German voice, talking English good. I turned the controls, and it came back stronger. Hello, hello. This is Oberleutnant Reiner of the undersea boat Wolf. Listen to me. 
anybody who may be picking up this message, please listen. Nobody can help us. But it makes it easier to talk. Easier to face what's coming. Easier to face death. Yes, death. We are doomed, and we know it. And yet only yesterday, we thought all danger was past. Yes, just yesterday afternoon, as we were cruising on the surface, recharging our batteries, we thought our mission was as good as accomplished. <laughs> Captain Metz was on the bridge with our very special passenger, who called himself a Schmidt. So, of course, we all knew who he was. A beautiful day, Captain. Particularly gratifying after our long submersion. Yes, Your Excellency. Uh, pardon me, Herr Schmidt. You must not take the slightest risk as long as I am aboard, Captain Metz. We have lost, but I shall yet win. Do you hear? I shall win. For it would be disloyal of me to believe anything else, Herr Schmidt. In South America, I will make my plan. The world will think me dead. Instead, I will be hidden where I can direct our rebirth. Quite so, Your Excellency. Uh, pardon me, the lookout has sighted something. Ach, yeah, there's a lifeboat drifting three points off our starboard bow. Pitching and tossing on the gray waves of the Atlantic ahead of us was a lifeboat crowded with gaunt-faced men who watched with hostile eyes as we came alongside. A dozen yards away, Captain Metz ordered the engine stopped. And then, as our illustrious passenger looked on with his cloak concealing his face, Captain Metz questioned the men in the lifeboat. You in the lifeboat! Who's in charge? I am, Rasterize. What's your name? What ship? What cargo did you carry? What port were you cleared for? Captain Walter McCaffrey of the Melton. We were a relief ship carrying food and medical supplies when one of your murdering dogs torpedoed us. That's enough, Captain Jensen. You may pull away now. The nearest land is 300 miles due west of you. Aye, we'll pull away. and glad to get out of the same pulp of the ocean with you. Well, men, let's get where we can breathe air not contaminated by these skunks. And then, just as the lifeboat started to pull away, the wind whipped aside our passenger's cloak. And in the lifeboat... Captain Mackenzie, a burly giant of a man, recognized him. Men, stop! Look! There on the coming tower. You see that slinking rat trying to hide his face? Do you know who that is? Hey! Take a good look at him! It's the master murderer himself! The arch devil who really gave the order to send our comrades to the bottom! Hey, look at him there! With his toothless mustache, trying to hide from us. I fear you have been recognized, Herr Schmidt. Stop them. They must die, all of them. Turn your guns on them. That is against international law, Herr Schmidt. I order you to destroy that boat, Captain. No one can be allowed to live to report having seen me. Very well. Forward gun. Ready to fire. Forward gun. Ready to fire. Give them two rounds. Forward gun. Fire. Forward gun. Fire! You murdering dogs. So you're going to slaughter us too, are you? 
soldiers. We'll be waiting for you. And if it'll come down among us, we'll get you. Remember that. We'll be waiting for you. Fire! They are gone. Yeah, I direct it. There will be no eyewitness to tell of seeing you aboard a submarine in these waters here, Schmidt. The world must never guess I have left Germany. The whole future of the Fatherland defense. What is that? That sound? Bombers. Patrol bombers coming this way. Get below at once. We're going down. We made a crash dive and fled into the concealing depths of the ocean. A few bombs exploded, but far away, the patrol planes were too late. Crisply, Captain Metz gave the necessary orders while our illustrious passenger looked on, his face pale. What's our depth, Miller? Seventy-five feet, sir. Good. We were too fast for them. The bombs, they are coming closer. Oh, they've lost us. They're bombing at random now. Yes, we are safely away. The depth, Mueller? Ninety feet, sir. Ninety is enough. Level her. Level her, sir? We'll set our course at 180. Level her, I said. We're still diving. The, the leveling planes, they won't respond, sir. What? I that the champs of the operating motors have broken down. We are damaged. The bombs have damaged. Bombs, says there wasn't a bomb close enough to break an egg. Miller, our depth. 120 feet, sir. Point and high now. Order half speed ahead. Half speed ahead. Shift to hand operation of the diving plane. Hand operation of the diving plane, sir. Now, level her. Level her, sir. Well, what's the matter? Captain, the operating beam won't turn. It won't turn? The planes must be jammed, sir. They're still diving. Captain Metz, I demand that you rise to the surface. There is something wrong, and my safety must not be in danger. Silence! I am captain of this vessel. I'm giving the orders. All right. While leveling planes are jammed, we'll surface and clear them. Miller, depth. 150 feet, sir. Stop the engine. Stop the engine. Blow the forward ballast tank. Blow the forward ballast tank. Our bow is beginning to come up, sir. We are leveling off. Hold her as she is. Hold her as she is. Mira, how fast are we going up? Yeah, not, not rising at all, sir. What? Not rising? We must be. We are still diving. 20 feet a minute. According to the gauges, we are light, not heavy. We can't still be diving. Captain, I order you to take me to the surface immediately. Do you hear? I am just as interested as you in reaching the surface here, Smith. Blow the main ballast tank. Blow the main ballast tank. For an hour, we struggled to reach the surface to no avail. We blew all our ballast tanks until we should have shot up like a cork. And still we continued settling toward the bottom. It was unreal, unbelievable, impossible. The crew stared at each other, white-faced, and dared not utter their fears aloud. 
our illustrious passenger raved and ranted at Captain Metz, screeching about his safety until Metz ordered him to his cabin. White-faced, his beady black eyes wide with terror, Herr Schmidt left the control room. We continued trying to raise the Gunterschee boat, worth to the service. Lieutenant Heiner, what depth does the chart show? Uh, 300 feet with the gravel bottom, sir. But uh, there's a fault in the ocean bed just east of our position. A crevasse a thousand feet deep. We are safely beyond it. Miller, our depth. 200 feet, sir. And we are going down 10 feet a minute. But our tanks are empty. We should be going up. Nevertheless, we are going down. And as long as we are, we will bottom and surface for repair. <laughs> Who said that? Who spoke there, Leutnant? I don't know, sir. Miller! Not I, sir. Fire! Nein, sir. Someone is lying. When I find him, he'll go into iron. Miller, our depth. Behind that, 20 feet. It, it's almost uh, as if... As if what? Nothing, sir. Go on, as if what? Uh, excuse me, sir. I was going to say... As if something was... Pulling us down. Aha. But you thought better of saying it. Yes, sir. See that you continue to think better of such remarks. The same applies to everyone on board. Lieutenant Rainer. Yes, sir. We will bottom in seven minutes. Prepare to make an inspection of the ship when we do. Well, Leutnant? I have finished the inspection, sir. Your report? Everything is in perfect order, sir. There are no leaks. The batteries are fully charged. All motors in working order. All pumps operating. Then, obviously, there is no reason we should not surface when we choose to do so. No, sir. Miller, what word of the destroyer? Uh, I have heard no propeller sound for two hours, sir. Then we will surface. Blow the auxiliary tanks. Blow the auxiliary tanks, sir. All main and auxiliary tanks empty, sir. All tanks empty. Captain Metz, we have blown all our tanks and we have not risen one inch. I am aware of it, Lieutenant Reiner. Do you take me for an imbecile? No, sir. It's just that it's... It's impossible. Obviously, we are stuck on a mud bottom. But the bottom here is gravel. The chart says so. The chart is wrong. I say it's mud, you hear? Yes, sir. Mud. And so we will have to use the motors to pull ourselves free. Signal full speed ahead. Yes, sir. Full speed ahead. We are not moving. Is it? Why have the fools cut out the motor? Uh, excuse me, sir. The engine room is reporting. I suppose the idiots have burned out the motor. No, sir. They say the propeller is fouled. How can it be fouled? It's impossible for it to become fouled on this bottom. Uh, yes, sir. They say it's not entirely fouled. It will turn. But only very slowly. As if... As if what? They say it turns as if... As if a lot of... Hands were holding it to keep it from revolving. The fools! The imbeciles! 
When we get back to our base, I'll court martial every man aboard. You've gotten tangled with a little seaweed, that's all. We may be able to reverse the propeller and free it. Full speed astern, Lieutenant Reiner. Full speed astern? Well, now what? The engine room reports the propeller still fouls, sir. It turns, but as if something was holding it back. And to think that I, Ludwig von Metz, thought I had the finest submarine crew in the world. A pack of mewling infants? Captain! Captain Metz! Metz! Ah, Herr Schmidt. I trust you've not been worried. Everything is quite under control. Captain Metz, in my cabin I have been hearing sounds. Sounds, Your Excellency. What sound? From outside the submarine. Scratching sounds, tappings on the hull. They go on and on and on. They sound, Captain. They sound like someone trying to get into the submarine. After me. Silence! Your Excellency, you have heard nothing except pebbles being swept against our hull by the current. That is all. I tell you, it sounds like hands rapping and tapping on our hull trying to get in. Captain... Surface at once, do you hear? I order you to surface at once. I am about to do so. Now, with all due respect, may I suggest you return to your cabin. Your presence here may impede our effort. I... Very well. But see that you take me to the surface at once. Have no fear. Lieutenant Reiner, perhaps you will assist Herr Schmidt to his cabin. Yes, sir. Certainly. If I may hold the door for your excellency. Captain, Captain Metz. Well, what is it? Captain, we hear them too. Sounds coming from outside our hull. I hear no sound. Excuse me, Captain. I can hear them now quite plainly on my detector phones. They do sound like the rasping and scraping of a lot of men clambering over our hull. And there. Yeah. Perhaps that will bring you to your senses. Listen to me, all of you. You're temporarily stuck in the mud. A current is sweeping pebbles against us. You're all acting like children who think they see a ghost in a graveyard. They're going to be on the surface in an hour. You have my word for it. To break free from the mud, I'm going to fill the bow tanks, then blow them and fill the stern tanks. We'll rock the ship loose. You understand? understand. Then flood the forward ballast tank. Flood the forward ballast tank, sir. Captain Metz. Yeah, Herr Leutnant. The pumps are operating again. The failure was caused by Seaman Hans Jaeger. Jaeger? How? He went off his head and grabbed the pole of the main switch. The short circuit blew out the fuses and electrocuted him. How have all this reacted? Badly, sir. They are very nervous. Nervous, are they? I will give them something to be nervous about. That scraping and scratching outside our hull. It's upset the crew badly, sir. I know it's stopped now. But the men say it's just because they are... Planning something else. Hey, Who do you mean, they... The crew says... Says that there are hundreds of men in the water outside... Trying to get in at us. Dead men, sir. 
Lieutenant Reiner. Do you wish to be placed in irons? No, sir. I, I'm just trying to explain the crew's state of mind. In, in spite of all our efforts, we are still on the bottom, and the men... The men are getting jumpy, sir. I'll teach them a lesson they'll not forget. But of course, they're taking their cue from our illustrious passenger. If he hadn't come out here with his ravings and rantings... Uh, never mind that. He's quiet now. I gave him whiskey with a sedative in it. Uh, if I may make a suggestion, sir. Well, what is it? Uh, there, there is one thing that we have not tried. We have to try it. Discharge our torpedoes. Discharge our torpedoes? We must. We have ten torpedoes aboard, each weighing 2,500 pounds. That's 25,000 pounds of dead weight. Get rid of that and we have to rise. We have to. I see you are beginning to share the hysteria of the crew. However, I accept your suggestion. Order the discharging of the torpedoes to begin at once. Yes, sir. At once. We began discharging our torpedoes. Two, three, four. And then the wolf moved. It jolted and moved. But not upward toward the surface. To my horror, as I watched the gauges, we began to move downward. Fifty feet, sixty feet, we slid ever deeper into the ocean's depths, as if down a steep slope on the bottom. After we had fired six torpedoes, we were actually a hundred feet deeper than we had been. And then the discharge of torpedoes stopped, and I went forward to find out what was wrong. It's no use, I tell you. It is no use. We're going down, not up. Don't. What's going on here? Why haven't the rest of the torpedoes been discharged? You know how this going on, Lieutenant. We have fired six torpedoes to lighten ship. We have just sunk deeper. That is right. Deeper. Always deeper. Our plates won't stand it. We'll be crushed, drowned like rats in a trap. Why are we quiet? Why should I be quiet? We all know our tanks are empty. We should have been on the surface long ago. We're being held down by a thousand dead men crawling all over us, scratching at our plates, trying to get in. They've come from all over the seven seas just to hold us down, just to see if we don't get away. Listen. Listen to them. You can hear them now. Listen. Maya, come to your senses. It's only our plates groaning under the pressure. Hey, listen. You know better. We all know better. Who dragged us down here to the bottom? Whose hands are keeping our propellers from turning? Whose bodies jammed our diving planes? Whose weight is keeping us on the bottom? The dead. I order you to be silent. It's too late for orders. There's only one way we can escape. Give them the dead outside, the man they want. They want our passenger, the one who calls himself Herr Schmidt. We all know who he is, and so do they. Oh, and they've come to get him. You are under arrest. Grab him, you man. Hey, hey, listen, listen, all of you. Let us go get this Herr Schmidt, put him in the torpedo tube, and send him out to the dead, outside. Let them have him. Then they let us go free. It is our only home. Fire! <laughs> Captain Mess. I heard your interesting little speech just now, and this is my answer. Uh, hi, Captain Nunn. Hey, anyone else want the same medicine? And to your stations. Lord not continue discharging torpedoes. <laughs> That was many hours ago. We discharged all our torpedoes. And we are still on the bottom. Every few minutes, we slip a little deeper, 
down a slope that is bringing us ever closer to the thousand-foot chasm in the ocean bed. The crew truly believes that we are being dragged toward it by thousands of dead men who have gathered outside, drawn here by their hatred for our passenger. A hatred so great even death cannot quench it. Perhaps they are right. Certainly Herr Schmidt believes it himself. He is in the next cabin. Captain Metz has locked him in. Perhaps if I hold this microphone close to the bulkhead, you can hear him. Captain! Captain Metz! Do something! I order you to do something! They're outside! They're clawing at the hull to get at me! Captain, save me! I order you to! You can't let me die, Captain! Captain Metz! That is enough. He makes an unlovely spectacle. Our illustrious passenger, as death approaches. Though no one can save us, there is comfort in knowing that somewhere, some human ear is hearing me. Ah! Another lurch, then. We must be on the very edge of the crevasse. It is truly as if hands, many hands, were remorselessly pulling us towards our doom. The hands of the dead? It is a fantastic thought. And yet, when one is hated as our passenger is hated, by hundreds of millions of the living and tens of millions of the slain, who can tell? Uh, there is also the curse Captain Mackenzie in the lifeboat uttered just before he died. Just a moment ago, a sharp tapping came against our hull, as if someone was tapping against it with a rock. Listen! That tapping is an international code. It's a message from outside. A message from someone outside the submarine at a depth of 400 feet. And no living man could be sending it. What does it say? I will tell you. Ah! Another lurch. And now, we're sinking fast. We're going down into the great crevasse. 450 feet. 500 feet. In a moment, this submarine will crumple like a child's toy. But first, the message. It says, we are waiting for you, Adolf Hitler. We are waiting for you, Adolf Hitler. That's the message we are receiving 500 feet deep in the ocean. And now, our, our plates are cracking. We're, we're done for! a sailor's yarn? Well, he no longer insists it's true. He just asks us to consider the story and nothing more. But I wonder, after all, Hitler did disappear, and it's logical that he might have tried to get away by submarine, so... Oh, that brings me to my story for next week about another individual who suffered punishment. I call it 
I died last night. It's about a man who woke up to find out that he was dead and that nobody would... Oh, but you have to get off here. I'm sorry. But I'm sure we'll meet again. I take this same train every week at this same time. just heard The Mysterious Traveler, which is played by Maurice Tartland. In the cast were Frank Berens, Roger DeCoven, Robert Dryden, and Ronald Dawson. Original music is composed and played by Alfinelli. This is Bob Emmerich speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.